0: In this episode of Unpacked,
1: after a lot of my friends wrote me off and I was like called a KFC, what do you connect to in terms of
0: heritage for yourself? So
1: I felt like the African African community was just way more accepting where I could just be myself. You can love wherever you want to. Yeah. It's not a thing anymore. Yeah. But I feel like there's always those sour grapes that make it a thing.
0: One of the things we try to do with this show is to see a different perspective. Now, I've mentioned this before, sometimes we have expectations of what things should be. But today, when we meet Anita Ronge, you're going to see a different side. Stay tuned. DJ Cassie Duches is what some may know her as a DJ who brings a new spin to the stereotypical cultural idea of how a young white South African woman should present. Born Anita Ronga, she went viral during the 2016 elections for openly sharing her vote and her reasons. But there is more to her story. Let's unpack. Anita, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Now, I remember seeing your Facebook post a couple of years ago you were in an ANC t-shirt and you were showing that you just voted please can you share with everyone what was the crux of what you're saying and then I'll tell you what stood out to me
1: um well it was just after the voting in 2017 yeah and I decided I did some research um you know on the ANC and our history as a country Mm. And I've never voted for the ANC before, mm. but after actually doing research and living um, a life where I was really into Kasi and mm. actually going into South African people, mm. like as a whole, not just the white part, yes, I realized that I should change my vote. Mm. I made it public, mm. very public, wore my T-shirt, and people were really uh, shocked about just in general public, you know, in the stores and stuff like mm-hmm. that, about me wearing an ANC T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And so I posted that experience on Facebook and it went viral up mm-hmm. until t- today.
0: <laughs> so now let's, let's go back to your upbringing, just so, you know, there might be somebody who's watching and listening and is like, so what if she was wearing an ANC mm-hmm. uh, T-shirt? Take us back to your upbringing where you grew up and what your childhood was like.
1: Okay, so I was born in Newcastle, mm. and then moved to Kempton Park when I was five years old. Went to Afrikaans primary school, went to an Afrikaans high school. Uh, always had like African friends in mm. Afrikaans schools, and I always kind of, I was always drawn to to like that part, mm. you know, mm. of of the pupils and stuff mm. like
0: that. Do uh, you recall what, why you were drawn to um, black people?
1: Not really, I feel like it's just always been a natural thing, Mm. it's never been a thing for me actually, Mm. but for other people as I grew up it was, Mm. Mm. for me it wasn't, you Mm. know, and um, yeah, I started dating a black guy when Mm. I was in high school and it was completely frowned upon by everyone, it was like the biggest thing.
0: As in like school and home? Yes. Okay, so before we jump into the shock factor, what was home life like? Just to give context, um, you know, was it a typical Afrikaans conservative, uh, you go to church every Sunday, was that the type of home that you were raised in? yeah.
1: But not, we were never racist. Yes. Like there was never, you know, A thing about racism Mm. but the moment it was introduced to the family that like I might be dating someone of a different race it was I think more of the fact that society it Mm -hmm. wasn't accepted Mm. so obviously that pressure on my mom was a lot Mm. because everyone Mm -hmm. was like "Oh," because a lot of Afrikaans white people Mm. would say that you're downgrading yourself Mm. 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 so it was kind of a thing so now I'm gonna
0: ask uh Maybe what some people might be thinking is, did you know that your parents would have been unhappy with your choice? Hence, you maybe did it because you were, like, rebelling? You know, I've, mm. I've heard, I've heard mm. some, some teenagers say, you know, they would do something like that just to upset their parents. Yeah. Or was it something for you that was like, this is just the person I wanted to be with?
1: Yes. Definitely, just like a natural attraction. Yes. And then after high school, um, after a lot of my friends wrote me off, and I was like called a KFC. I don't know if you know what that means.
0: A KFC. I think um, I'm assuming it has to do something with the K word.
1: Yes. And what is the? And F-C? the F word. And the and chick. So.
0: Oh. Yes. <laughs> so I was like. Okay, I'm as, gonna say it. It'll be okay if I say it. So KFC stands for a kaffer-fucking-chick.
1: Yeah, so I was wow. labelled as
0: that. <laughs> I've never heard that term in my life before. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs>
1: you? Okay, so yeah. you were called a KFC, So okay. amongst other things. And um, decided to kind of shut that off, like just be a normal white chick, went into modelling, mm. got a day job after school, dated a white guy, and something tragic in my life happened uh, where this guy passed away Mm. and I reached out to one of my black friends from high school. Mm. And he was like the one that introduced me to kind of the black side of Kempton Park. Mm. And like, we just listened to house music Mm. and I completely fell in love with it. And through that I was introduced to his cousins, through that I was introduced Mm. to Ikasi Timbisa. Mm. The next thing I'm in the hood every weekend, mm. and it's not even a thing. Like,
0: It's not a conscious thing that yes. you're busy thinking about. Yeah. It's just you going where you felt like yes. being. Yes, home. And, I yeah. felt
1: home. And that's yeah. how I started DJing as well, because people were just so accepting. Mm-hmm. And just for me being myself, where I used to be so frowned upon mm. for being myself. So I felt like the Afri- African community was just way more Accepting where I could just be myself.
0: And when you say I could be myself, what does that mean like, to you? Uh,
1: listen to, like, black music. Because, mm-hmm. like, all genres, hip-hop, quite mm. all, everything. I'm into everything. And mm. just, like, I just feel home. I don't know mm. how to explain it. You just feel home. You feel mm. more safe. African women are so confident mm. when it comes to their bodies. Mm. Where you have to be like this perfect magazine mm. according to white people yes. most of the time. You have to look like the Aishwith covered. Yes. You know? Where African women just embrace who they are and mm. people are just so supportive and, you know, stand together mm. as mm-hmm. families and when there's a funeral and like I think I was just drawn to all of that.
0: Now I I I would say I I have my own rich experience of the Afrikaans culture because I um, was singing in choirs when I was younger, and we'd perform a lot at the Garks mm. and we had to stay with Dani and Uem at their at their houses. And it's exactly like what you say; it's like very, very conservative, yeah. um, to the point that like you are whispering in the house, yes, because you're too loud, kind of a thing. So I I think I'm still trying to understand what about black culture or the African culture to you felt like more of you that you didn't have at home? Is it the fact that, you know, when in our culture, if somebody passes away, the family's together and we're extended and we're just like, I wanna get the sense of what is it that you are drawn to?
1: I feel like I'm just drawn to people that are open, honest and real in general. Mm. And I feel like white people have put a big front up Mm. when it comes to the new like South Africa and stuff Mm. like that Mm. so in generally I I I wouldn't even say it's like just about black people it's just about being real Mm. Mm. and Mm. I've always been drawn to that and I've always been liberate about that yeah but like just for instance this past two months there's like this Afrikaans group of people Mm. that have been bullying me online Mm. just for being this outspoken Mm. and there's like Afrikaans people inboxing me looking up to me Mm. secretively because they can't be outspoken about who they like and who they love Mm. which is sad yeah because this is like you can love whoever you want to yeah it's not a thing anymore yeah but I feel like there's always those sour grapes that make it a thing yes so yes
0: so I mean, uh, some of the sides of the com- conversation would have people say... It's like you look you look abroad. And whenever, whenever somebody wants to celebrate a culture that's not their own, it's a fine line between, oh, wow, you're celebrating this culture and, oh, wow, you're appropriating mm. a culture. Have you ever been accused of cultural appropriation? And do you think that is the case? Or do you think that... This is just who you are at heart, if I'm if I'm yeah. making sense with with what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I've been accused of that before. Yeah. And um it's not like I I'm making money off African culture, yes. right? I'm not doing it for the benefit of getting some sort of income from it. Yes. It's Really like how I express myself as a South African. Because we are African, white people are also South African. If you were born here, you are South African, right? And I feel like we have such a beautiful platform of so many cultures. And why not embrace it? Why not rock a duck? Like, Mm. why not? Mm,
0: mm. Okay, so take me back to now you decided to conform. What was the response from your your family i mean were they like finally you've seen the other side it was a teen rebellious phase
1: um it wasn't like really talked about but once Mm. i started djing again Mm. and um just obviously i i I met like uh, a person and we fell in love and i also got pregnant uh, Mm. well like two years ago Mm had a baby mm. and- was a black before, man. yes. Mm. And before that happened, I was, I wasn't living at like, I, 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 like I had my family on Facebook mm. and they saw that I was like DJing and mm. even Kasi mm. never really said anything about it anymore. Mm. And um, then once I fell pregnant, I was really surprised that even like my 87 year old grandmother, mm. who was like born, raised, bred apartheid, like mm. plus vibes. Mm like, she was fine with it. Mm. And I was just like, if this old woman can change her views mm. about apartheid and mm. all these things, why can't other people just let it go?
0: So I'm, I'm going to ask you, a, 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 it might be a tricky question. You're saying, you know, your grandmother changing her views about apartheid. Mm. You get a lot of white people who say, oh, we didn't know. Or you get a lot of white people who say we didn't support. So if you are saying your grandmother changed her views, does that imply that she supported apartheid and now says, okay, well, you know, you, my child, are now having a child with a black man, I accept you. Just so I understand correctly, are you saying that (sighs) that was... Or, or you're saying that that was the upbringing she had and she's okay with it or, like, she was a staunch supporter of the apartheid government?
1: I honestly don't know what her political views are mm-hmm. or were mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, she was born 1930, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of part of how they grew up. Yes. So I can't really tell you to the point, like... Yes. You know, how far she took it or yes. whatever. But as for the experience I had with her, like, mm-hmm. growing up, she was always... She would always, like, talk about, like, a black person, you know, mm. like... They, in a negative like, way or, like, like in a positive instance, way? for an instance, like, she wouldn't give her gardener the same plate that Okay, she's using. I, I get
0: you. I get okay, you. Okay, so
1: that vibe. Mm. But not, like, to a point where she was probably, like, going at or after black yes. people,
0: yeah. yes. Okay, so when all of this was happening i mean why is your family just facebook friends did you like literally choose to discard them because no not at all what happened
1: um i think after i, I went into the whole kasi lifestyle mm. a lot of them unfollowed me unfriended me didn't really talk about it didn't really go to family gatherings there was instances where we didn't even get invited to a wedding because mm. of my choices in life yes And they just kind of came back around eventually Mm. after the years. I've been DJing for six years now. Yeah. So eventually they came back around and Mm. it seems to be okay now. What
0: is their understanding of your choices?
1: I haven't really had like a a, a sit-down conversation with them, to be honest with you. Apart from with my mom. Mm
0: -hmm. How come?
1: I have no idea. We're just not that close. Mm. I think after the whole fact that I was kind of maybe pushed to the side, Mm. I just, I don't feel like I need to explain myself to anyone anymore. I'm at that stage where I'm confident about about who I am and I really don't feel like I have to explain why and why not. Mm. I'm following certain rules in life. I am who I am and I just express that.
0: I think for me, it's, it's not even so much about like explaining per se, mm. like you have to justify anything. But yeah. I think it's more of um, a big part of African belief system is that Ubuntu. Mm. And it's always odd, you know, for, for me, let me speak for myself as a black person. Whenever I hear a white person say, oh, I haven't spoken to my brother in years. It's such an odd thing. Yeah. It's an odd thing. As I've gotten older, I've understood, I see why somebody might make that choice Mm. because you mustn't keep anybody in your life if they're toxic. Yeah. But I've always grown up with that thing that we were stuck with rubbish relatives because they're your family. Mm. So to me, it's that thing of, okay, if you're connecting to the Africanness and the Ubuntu and the family is so important, how do you have such a distant relationship with your own family even if it's not to explain but just to be like you're still my mother you're still my father you're still my whatever
1: yeah well i've got a very close relationship with my mom yeah Uh, my sister and i also pretty close yes uh but apart from like the rest of the family we've in general we've only seen each other like maybe once or twice a year Mm -hmm. so it's we've never really been Mm -hmm. that close where we meet up every weekend or had, like, a cousin's weekend or yes. anything like that. We've never been that close in general.
0: So, so would it be fair to say uh, your family, they're not your friends?
1: Yeah, okay. it would be.
0: <laughs> no, and I specifically say that because the older I've gotten, my cousins and I, we we try to meet up once a month yeah. and just bry and hang out and chill. Mm. And we were like, we actually are friends, like... Outside of being family, yeah. we, are, we are choosing yeah. to be yeah. in each other's lives. Mm. So I can understand what you're saying. So over the years, you've you've picked up some. You can wabulela are teta
1: oya kuluma. Yeah, I can talk a little bit, but mm. not fluent. So, not fluent. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. So now, take us back to you're DJing. You're in the garce. You're there every weekend. I mean, what what is happening in your life at this time? Like. You, you said you tried to do the whole conforming thing. Are you working? You know, who are your friends? What is happening in your environment at that time?
1: Um, okay, so when I started DJing, made some good friends in Timbisa, mm. and um, I was working as well. I've been working my entire life, day job vibes, and my DJ career started picking up a yeah. lot. Um, what is your DJ name? DJ Cassie Datchez. DJ kasi Duchess. Yeah. Okay. So okay. the Kasi is because of ikasi yes. and then Duchess is like the queen of house, basically. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Um Yeah, so just but basically a woman hustling both sides, corporate, my own career, and yeah, the same group of friends.
0: And how how were other people receiving you? I mean, I know you've you've spoken positively about um the experience of going kokasi, playing kokasi, dating a black man, having black friends, um, was it always warm or were there incidents where it didn't feel warm?
1: No, not at all. Really? I really really cannot tell you of one bad experience I've ever had. Like at gigs, people are so like Mm. welcoming and just like unity, family. And I feel like I'm actually like a preacher when it comes to gigs because it's just like unity people are so shocked like wow someone actually stepped out of their comfort zone someone actually came to us to like dj you know and she's playing our music so i feel like it's just about reaching out and just stepping out of your boundaries so
0: so let's jump then to the facebook post um what stood out to me is you were speaking about obviously the liberation and the struggle and what the the ANC was able to do for the country, and you felt that giving your vote to that party um, is going to contribute to obviously getting society to more of an equal uh, state. Yeah. From a non-political perspective, what was it that connected to you? Because you say you took the time to go and read. What were you reading that you felt? Oh, wow. Okay, I couldn't connect with this.
1: Well, just in general, the, the, the perspective people have of, like, when black people took over the country, corruption mm. started, mm. which was not the case. Mm. Um, like, everything was kind of... Everything that went wrong from when ANC took over is, like, because mm. black people took over. Yes. And that's not the case. Mm. So just the fact that that party made me, it possible for me to go into Kasi, mm. for me to like, put together a career for me to be myself, mm. um, I just felt like I had to vote for them. Mm, mm. So,
0: and and I'm glad you're mentioning the thing about the perception.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. What in your, I would say, maybe previous circles of people is the perception of, and I, I don't even just want to make it an ANC thing. Yeah. I, I want to make it a conversation of you know, when Nelson Mandela became president, there was that group that was, like, getting their bunkers ready and packed because they were scared of civil war. And, oh, when the blacks took over. I mean, what are the kind of conversations that you heard?
1: Wow, there's, I I feel like there's a lot of, you know, in every white group, in every, Mm. wherever there's a white group of people, there's always those discussions, Mm. unfortunately. Yeah. And I feel like it's more about ego yeah. than about facts and actually doing research about it. Because mm-hmm. it's always like... just a, It's an ego boost kind of thing yeah. amongst white people. And it's always like, oh, but you downgraded yourself. Why mm-hmm. would you choose to swim against the stream as a white South African woman? Mm-hmm. Like, where am I? I'm just being myself, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, in fact, now... Which is the funniest thing. Now that people know that yeah. I'm just outspoken and I'm against like racism, mm. these groups of white people do not have these conversations around me anymore. Yeah. Cause they know. Like yeah. people will not make black jokes in front of me. Yeah. Cause I will report them. Yes. That's me. So I'm actually getting goosebumps because yeah. it's just like it's so yeah. and that's the other misperception people have about me. Because yeah. I posted something where I said, um, I'm too white to be black and I'm too black to be white. Because I can never go back mm. to the white girl. Because I've, I've been so open and public about it. Because a lot of people said, oh, she's just doing this for attention. She can mm. go back tomorrow to a white life and live a yes. life, which is not the case. Yes. Like, I was having this discussion actually last week with mm. someone. I cannot go back and date an Afrikaans guy. And if they had to find out that I basically had a baby... Well, let's say I didn't even have the baby. Let's Mm. say I had no proof, like, I was Mm. with a black person. Mm. And they had to find out, it would be frowned upon. Mm. Like, Mm. I can't can't just go back to that Afrikaans, typical Afrikaans white girl.
0: Look, without us making the jokes of once you go black, you never go (laughs) back... No, (laughs) Zamalek. I I, I mean, I, I think I understand what you're trying to say. It's almost like... The understanding of your upbringing is a life that you can't go back to. Yeah, I think where I'm trying to be cautious is to, is to say, is that what we label the white upbringing as? Because what you're describing to me is very different to some of my other white friends who are South African, born South African, and... I want us to be clear, you know, for everybody that's watching. Mm. When we say a uh, white upbringing, what we're also creating a label over a certain stereotype. Yeah. Or uh, should people imagine that, you know, your upbringing was almost like Pretoria Noord, and when the Springbok play, then the then the old South African flag comes out and all oh. your Like, <laughs> is that what people misimagine? As in, like, oh no, my parents belong in Orania Start
1: um i feel like if you were raised as if you were raised like as apartheid family right yes you were raised white Mm. and if you were not you were raised black right yes and i don't think people realize that there was an in between where it wasn't a thing yes like in my family for instance Mm. like we didn't have like the flags and the all those funny things Mm. and someone actually asked me do you raise my child? do I raise my child as a black child or a white yeah. child? How am I supposed to raise a child yeah as a human because that's what she is yeah so i I feel like where that comes in you were raised white, you were raised black. it comes down to apartheid yeah. basically, and not about the family structure I got if you that makes sense
0: I got you, I got you. um What I can understand is you know when you're speaking about people who say. Yeah, she can always go back. My understanding of what they're saying is, and I could be very wrong, is that while you can enjoy the parts of being black that Mm. are nice, Mm. you still enjoy the privileges of being Mm. white. And I know that 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 whole conversation is completely misunderstood in the sense that white people will jump up and say, I don't have land. I didn't inherit anything. Mm. But forgetting that by by the mere fact that you are the way you look mm. means that you can walk in certain neighbourhoods without somebody asking you what you're doing there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can get what they're saying. What is your interpretation of of the thing of, but she can always go back?
1: Well, personally for me, I know that I can't. Mm. Um, like I said, I've been so open and public about where I stand. Yes. As a person, as a human. Yeah um if anyone has to ever tell me that i'll like i'm human
0: yeah
1: and i I don't feel like i've had like i was raised in not the richest family yes i wasn't given anything yes like i was never like i even never received like college money like i've hustled for everything i've been working since i was 15. yes so i guess like when it comes to public perception um, and white privilege and all that, that's like a whole different, mm. another conversation. Um, yeah.
0: So so what would be um, your understanding of what white privilege is for you? Not even as a general thing.
1: Well, I don't feel I think like i I for yourself. I, I really don't feel like I've had white privilege. Mm. But maybe it's because I'm white and white people struggle to maybe see it. Yeah. But I, like I said, I feel like I've really worked hard for for everything that I've had. Mm. So as a personal effect, I can't really see it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I would, if I'm to simplify it, there are certain situations that you and I, as a young South African woman, speaking the way that we speak, we're articulate, we're conversing. There are certain situations where... The response to me would be different to the response to you,
1: yeah. for the
0: simple mere fact that when a person looks up, I am black.
1: Yeah.
0: So we don't need even to to look at what's happening in America yeah. and compare it to here. That is just the nature of the number of stories you hear. Of, um, you know, I wouldn't be able to get into, and I wouldn't be able to get a certain apartment in Cape Town. Oh
1: wow!
0: You haven't heard the stories? No, there I are haven't. there is so even if we just reduce it to just basic racial profiling where people would decide that they don't want black tenants. So already the privilege is, it's not that you are gaining something,
1: it's that you have a
0: certain step in doors that I will never have. Yeah. Does, that, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah,
1: no, I get you. So I
0: can understand why you say, you know, you didn't get anything. Yeah. But I think it's not even so much about you didn't get anything. It's the fact that How nothing, was taken, oh, nothing yes, was taken away. And nothing was taken away from you. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like for me as a young black woman, I'm outspoken. And whenever I earn something, I'm treated like I got it because I was black. Yeah. In your case, you know... Maybe you might feel like, mm, it's a it's it's great playing kokasi. People like me because they don't see a white girl kokasi. But it's not a loss, if that makes mm. sense. It doesn't take away from anything you've done. You don't I don't think you walk around thinking I must I'm possibly a terrible DJ and I'm just getting gigs because I'm white. I have the thoughts that I might have just got this job because I'm black. Yeah. I constantly have to have people around me saying, you're actually good at what you do, if, yeah, if that yes, makes sense. Yeah. But that thought would never cross your mind.
1: Um, I've really not thought about it like yeah. that. I can't really say that I think I get gigs because I'm white.
0: No, but that's um, what I'm saying. because That's the privilege, is that you never have to ask yourself if you got something because of the colour oh, of your skin. Oh, yeah,
1: I get what you're saying. That,
0: that's never a thought. Yeah. Or the fact that... There's certain neighbourhoods I would not be comfortable walking alone because if somebody has to ask me, what are you doing here?
1: Yeah.
0: And I argue, I'll get the cops called on yeah, That would never yes. happen to you. Okay, so fast forward to now, you are now being very outspoken and you're saying that a lot of people have reached out to you. What are some of the things that people are saying that they envy about you?
1: Um, well, both good and bad. Yes.
0: Um. Th- start, start with the bad, so we. End oh wow! The yes. Do you really want to hear that? Yes.
1: <laughs> um. Sure. Inboxes of people telling me, if I get like, if I get a breakdown at my car, they hope I get raped by thirty-five uh, barbarians and
0: barbarians being black people. Yes. Wow. Okay. Um.
1: Wow. Just in general, people telling me on commenting on my Facebook uh, pictures of my of my baby girl, saying like. I need to, how, what am I going to tell my half-bred when she grows up? Mm. Um, just like all these trolling, like, yeah. typical Afrikaans group of people that are just mm. way back, mm. like they haven't moved forward. Um, but then there's always, like, a good side to everything. And mostly my outspokenness is positive, yeah. And the reaction is positive. Um, there's a lot of white people that tell me that they wish they had my courage. To, to come out as, mm. like, a liberate Afrikaans mm. person who, who's comfortable with, loving, with lo- loving wherever they want to. Yes. Because there's a lot of people that do fall in love mm. with mm. other mm. cultures. It doesn't, or, or race, it's not even mm. about black and white, it's, like, Indian whatever. Because, I mean, Indian people are also more like Afrikaans people, yes. very conservative, yep. and dating a black person is yeah. out of the... Out of the picture, so a lot of people um, really feel inspired to to come out and just love whoever they want to,
0: but are they doing anything about it because that that's a different story, yeah. you know whenever we have conversations around race and what is the next step
1: yeah
0: um, it's one thing for a person to say. I admire you so much, I wish I could also just, you know, be open, love whoever I wanna love. It's another thing to actually do it.
1: Definitely, and it takes a lot of courage, but I think when people see that other people are doing it, and if people are are so like outspoken about it, and Mm -hmm. they see that I'm not getting killed for it, my family accepted it, you know? Maybe they would be more inspired to come out themselves. It's so weird not, even
0: saying come out because...
1: It's not supposed to be a thing even.
0: Yeah, but I mean, come out in the sense that people would associate coming out with being being in the closet. Yes, yeah, now you say, saying, yeah. hey, I'm homosexual. Mm. And because um, for a long period of time it was taboo, it was a whole big thing, I've never considered that concept of coming out as... Hey, guys, actually, I, I like black people. Hey, I'm coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. But when you say that, I'm thinking to myself.
1: Well, it's it's kind of more about um, just coming out about the person that you love. Not necessarily, mm. you know, it, it shouldn't be not necessarily a black person yes. or whatever. okay, I got you, you. You get what I'm saying? I got you. So... Uh, it, it can even be like, for an instance, where a poor, poor person falls in love with a rich person. Yes. Same yes, thing.
0: Yes. So it's just as in you, you loving somebody outside of your circle. Yes. A, a so-called yeah, outsider. Yes. Okay, I understand. And then
1: it's not like always about, like I said, the race thing. It's about who you connect with and yes. who's, who respects you and just who you fall in love with and who understands you as a person and yes. your life.
0: So I just had another thought. Now, you as a white mother raising a mixed race child. Um, I can't recall what I saw this in, but it was a movie where or it was a series where a black woman has a mixed race child. Now, she basically this is in America. She's taking the child in the pram and she gets into an argument with a white woman. The white woman, because the child looks so fair, yeah. called the cop saying, I know she's stolen that baby and it was her child. So I'm thinking about the, you know, your, no one would ever think you've stolen the ch- your your child. Yeah. Or do they throw comments that, oh, is that actually your child? Like what wow. has what the experience yeah. been, been a white mother raising a mixed race child in South um, Africa?
1: People... Do you kind of still frown upon it? In one in sense? Like, for instance, the other day I was in the queue at a at a shopping centre yeah. and it was like a, a Afrikaans father with his son, which is probably in his mid-twenties. Yeah. And he said, oh, look, this child was in the sun for too long. In my face. <laughs> in 2020. <laughs> so I was like... See beauty. The nerve. Yeah, and I was literally like... Like, I wanted to react and the son looked at me and he was like, Dad, and I was like, I just felt like if, if my baby was older, I would have reacted in a respectful way to show that she needs to stand up for herself. Yeah. But I also felt so sorry for that son because he was so embarrassed by it mm. that I didn't react. But I think that's still a challenge for me as to how I'm going to raise her.
0: Um, it, it's interesting you say that because I think a lot of the time, Somebody once made the comment to me that the people who get caught having racist conversations, so like you mentioning the son, my first thought was, no, it's not that he's embarrassed by his dad. He's just embarrassed that they didn't keep the conversation at home. Could be. You know what I mean? It's that thing of dad, but you know we only do that at the bride kind of a Mm. thing. Which I could be wrong. You know. Some people, you could be very liberal and you have your parent who thinks the way way that they think. And I know that there are people who are like, I can't deal with you. I'm cutting you off. But there are others Mm. where you're like, this is my mother. This is my father. And I think to myself, I'm trying to imagine the struggle for you, like what you say of... The lashing out or the saying, but a person might be watching, thinking. But her being silent in that moment might be part of the problem. It's like call them out. It's like you feel sorry for, for um, the son. Yeah. But what about feeling sorry for your daughter?
1: Yeah. Wow. If
0: that puts it into a different perspective.
1: Yeah. Um. Like I I said before, I'm usually like very liberate when yeah. it comes to this, but. I think just in that situation, mm. I just the look that I saw on that child's face, or yep. son's face, I was like, because he was literally like, and he, he even looked at me and he's like, "I'm so sorry." like mm. so I wouldn't know, I, I, it honestly didn't cross my mind like maybe yes, yes. would they have these conversations at home and yeah. make a joke about it? But I felt like in that instance, he was really embarrassed about yeah. it, yeah um. But yeah, it's, I feel like it's a big challenge for me, you know, to to raise her and maybe like just deciding what school she needs to go to. Yes. Because if I put her in Afrikaans school, it might be an issue because her surname is Black.
0: So what what is the relationship between you and the father of your child currently?
1: A normal relationship.
0: You're still together.
1: Yes.
0: Raising the child together. And um, your child is two at the moment. So are you having conversations with... Your daughter about race yet, or you're just gonna let it?
1: Um, well, she's 14 months now, yes, so yes. um,
0: she's still still very young. Yeah,
1: very young. Yes. So not really having any of those conversations yes. now. Yes. Um, but I really feel like I don't want to make it a thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I also want to prepare her for if there might mm-hmm. be a thing, but I don't want to raise her as yes, like you need to be a certain way because you have yes. curly hair.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So I feel like
1: I just want to raise raise her as a human being and just make a strong, independent woman who can fight her battles either way, no Mm. matter who approaches her. Mm. Um, But you do kind of need to prepare her then for those comments. But I feel like as generations are moving on, we might be getting past it slowly but surely. And the more we have these type of conversations, people need to find healing. And hopefully by the time she goes to primary school, it won't be such a big thing anymore, you know?
0: When I was growing up, I remember when my parents, you know, for the first time, when I went to go stay over at a friend's house, they were so stressed. They both came, they wanted to see where is my child sleeping? And at that time, I was like, Why are you guys freaking out? Gosh, we just, it's a sleepover, you know? It's only now when I got older that the reality hit me. I was like, I get it. Mm. So while we want to raise children or a generation that is colorblind, I also support the view that, if, if we now say, I don't see black or white, you're completely nullifying the black experience, which is a painful experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not a parent yet, and I don't have to make those decisions, but I think about those things of like, wow, you don't want to raise your child to not see color because you mm, also want mm. a child that can appreciate different cultures. Yes. Um, but you also don't want to raise a child that's fully conscious and like, oh, my gosh, there's white people. Oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm this. How how do you and your partner have a conversation ab- ab- about how you want to raise your daughter?
1: Um, wow, that's a deep question. <laughs> so but at the moment, she's, like, experiencing both sides of the family, mm. um, which is normal to her. Yeah. And apart from that, I feel like, yes, we... She needs to be... She needs to know about her history and about yeah. the country's history and where yes. we come from, but it doesn't need to have a negative impact on her yes. life. And I think that's how we should raise our, mm. the new generation of child. Know the history, know what the country went through, know yeah. what the consequences were, but don't let it define you. Yeah. Choose to be yourself and mm. treat people as humans, not as, oh, that black person, but, oh, yes. that girl with the white T-shirt. Yes. Not the black yes. chick, you know? type of thing yes so i feel like it should form part of who they are but not necessarily how they get treated or treat other people
0: i mean obviously there are couples that might be watching in interracial relationships where um at that moment you know your relationship lives in a bubble yeah until you have to be in the outside world yeah which changes completely um, what has been the experience of you being with your partner, but not kokasi, where you feel mm. fa- safe or in a, you know...
1: Just in a general yeah, environment. Yes, just in a
0: general environment.
1: Um, I have to say, the comments, since I started hanging out in general with black people, because mm. if you are seen with a black male as a mm. white female, it's already a thing, mm. you know? Mm. So I think in general throughout the years, which is about, what eight years now, it's calmed down a lot. Mm. A lot. Um, I haven't been approached... I used to be approached by people that would, like, look at these people or, you know, have, like, funny comments in public, in the mall or Mm. at the coffee shop or whatever. But I have to say, lately, like, the past three, four years, it's really calmed down. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Which is a good thing.
0: And people are normalising the interracial But then
1: maybe it's because I've become so liberate as well and I'm just, like... I don't care what anyone thinks. Maybe you have I, I fewer fucks to give. Yes, yes. <laughs> fewer fucks
0: to give. I so gotcha. maybe in
1: the beginning I was like, oh, everyone's staring at us or yeah. whatever. Now I don't even see it. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it's because of personal growth, or yeah. hopefully we are growing as a country.
0: So what would you want? You know, the family members that you're not in touch with anymore, that have sort of ostracized you what would you want them to know about who you are and the life you are living?
1: Wow. Um, just being your... The, the pleasure of having self-peace. Um, the pleasure of just being free with who you are. Um, just being at peace with your, yourself because that's actually what life is about and your happiness is about as a person. Not to take out your anger out on a race or on whatever is wrong in your life, but you just need to find peace within yourself. And I found that. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry I'm even getting No, it's emotional. okay. And I think
0: I think there's there's a side to it that we don't see. No one wants to lose family.
1: Definitely. No one wants to be and rejected. Yeah and it's no it's just sad that I actually feel sorry for them in a way and in, in general for for people that are just blocked by the way they were raised. Mm. Instead of just finding themselves, finding their own way in life, exploring other cultures, just, like, go to Kasi, because 99% nothing's going to happen to you because mm. people have this perception, oh, we can't drive into Timbisa because we're going to get hijacked. Mm. The chances of you getting hijacked in Timbisa are way less than what it is on the outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so just maybe taking that step and just, like, Exploring our country, our nation. Yes. Um, I mean, I took my mom to Chisanyama and she mm. loves it. She never mm. knew this thing existed. And I was like, wow. yeah. And just for her to have that experience, like at Busy Corner or whatever, mm. you know, it's just like if, if every South African can take that step, and it goes both ways. Yeah. If you can just take that step, it's going to be like the most beautiful country ever i'm not saying let's forget about like everything we've been through but just taking that step to reach out to your helper Mm. or your ceo yeah goes both ways
0: look i I have said um to people that if the only black experience you have is what you've read about or the one time you might have got hijacked yeah. Then that's the perception you're going to have of the black experience. But if you don't go out of your way to have an actual black experience, um, if you don't put yourself in a position where there is a black person that you would welcome into your home, not to work but yes. to visit yes. and experience, then then there is something to be questioned about your South African experience when the majority of the public of of the population is black people. Yes. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting how you find found your way going on um, the journey that you've gone on. And I think one of the things I admire is your open honesty. At the same time, having said that, I can understand why people would question that. So what would you say to black people um, or actually anyone of any race who's like, nah, she's just doing it for attention or she's just doing it for you know, whatever they've accused you of doing it for?
1: Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, I feel like I've been at it for so long and it's something that... I, it really grew within me, you know? So I've never done this for attention or mm. I, I'm doing this because it's who I am. And I think it just happened to be that I'm a DJ on yeah. a more public platform yeah. that people would think I'm doing this to get more attention because yeah. I want to, like, get more gigs or yes. whatever. Yes, I feel like my calling was actually to reach more people through DJing about mm-hmm. race and about Ubuntu. Yes. I don't know if, I feel like that's my, my drive yes. behind being a DJ. Uh,
0: if I understand correctly, you feel like, for you, it's connecting people. Yes, through your yes, own story.
1: Definitely. And
0: obviously, the music being an expression of a certain yeah. art um, is a part of that for you. Yes. So, having said that, um, I mean, are you going to any lengths to try and bring? Um, people of your family, your community, into this experience? You've mentioned that, you know, you brought your mom koka. She experienced Chisanyama. But beyond the DJing, I mean, what else would you say you are trying to do to connect and bridge the gaps?
1: Oh, wow. Um, Within my family, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like with the whole fact that I I, I fell pregnant and... um, like had the baby and whatever with my baby shower. Mm. When those two families came together, it was literally like, oh, we're a mixed family now. And like everyone just embraced each other. Yes. Never met before the baby shower. Mm. So it was just like a unity of just people, you know, who's never met before. But somehow like I connected them. Yes. And I feel like if I can do that through my DJing as well, cause there's a lot of white people mm. I was in I was in Zamb, uh, where is it, Zambia, yeah. where Afrikaans people came out to see me DJ in, like, the Kasi mm. of Zambia, basically. Mm. Um, or Diyoshi, I can't remember which country. Mm. Anyway, same thing. So I feel like if I can get, like, more white people in, and mm. that is happening, because even though all these Afrikaans groups are hating on me, yeah. I'm getting a lot of white people that are, Like saying, where are you DJing? I want to come to Kasi. I want to experience Mm. this. And I'm a very open and welcome person. I'll literally add you on WhatsApp and make sure that you come to the gig, you know. Yes. Or Mm. let you drive with me or whatever. Mm. So I'm that type of person. Mm. Um, So I feel like if I can reach people through that, um, yeah.
0: So you and the father of your child, uh, what culture is he? Swati. Swati, yeah. now, did he have to pay damages
1: for you? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> and how come? Well, we've um had that discussion and we just felt like we did like the whole ritual of um, we introduced me to his family traditionally yes. and all that. Um, does that
0: mean when you say introduce me to his family traditionally, does that mean I was introduced as the person who's going to be having your son's child or this is the woman in my life and I have yes. intentions. Yeah,
1: that was the the intention. Okay, yes. That one.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm still learning
1: as well. Yes. So um, that's how far we went with that. Yes. Um. Yeah. And they don't
0: feel in any way like if certain rituals are not done a certain way, um, you know, there's like a deal breaker for them as the swati side of the family. Um.
1: I have to say I really respect the culture, mm. so I'm not gonna like take anything away from them yes, as yes. a family because I understand where it comes from. Yes,
0: yes, which yes. is the
1: lovely part of my whole journey is like I understand like African culture, mm-hmm. and um, I mean we did the whole thing where my mom had to cut her hair mm. only when she was one years old yes. and all that, so. I'm learning all these traditions as we go along with her because I was never raised that way. Yes, yes. But I do feel that she needs to have that experience because she yes. is African Yes. and she is Swati. So,
0: so what is your understanding of what being African is?
1: Um. Wow, being African, just being a South African person, mm-hmm. being open about who you are. Um, Wow, being an African person. Mm. Sure, uh, just embracing the culture. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And when Heritage Day comes along, what heritage are you celebrating?
1: Ooh, well, I feel like I have, like, a variety because mm. I embrace all of them. Yes. Um, but I feel more drawn to, to the African cultures. than Because yes. let's be honest – what culture does Afrikaans people have? Like, what do we dress up as, or Look, in, like, in, fa- in
0: fairness, in <laughs> fairness, and I'm, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Yeah. Um, I know amongst white people that there is even an issue between English-speaking white people mm. and Afrikaans-speaking yes, white people. There is. Afrikaans, South Africans, almost feel like English-speaking white South Africans are not true South Africans. Mm. If you can trace back your heritage to Greece, to France, to the UK, you're not really a South African, Mm. right? At the same time, English-speaking white South Africans uh, have a perception that Afrikaners are a diluted version of Dutch or, you know. So the reason that I even ask these questions is because it would be interesting to see what you identify with. Irrelevant of whether you agree, agree with it or not, yeah. it does form a part of you. Yes. So what do you connect to in terms of heritage for yourself?
1: I just feel like I'm a South African person. Yeah. Not necessarily any, like, culture or... Because, mm. I mean, I was brought up, brought up Afrikaans, but I don't feel like I'm that Afrikaans chick, you yes. know, like we discussed before. Yes. So,
0: do you still speak Afrikaans with your family? Yes,
1: yeah, I do.
0: Fully speak, and is your daughter learning Afrikaans?
1: Both, well, all three English, Zulu, mm. Afrikaans.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I, th- I think I'm getting it. <laughs> I think I'm getting it, and the, and the, and the I I don't mean getting it as in oh a white girl who's embracing black culture. Yeah. No, I mean your story. I yeah. think I just wanted to get an understanding of. How is it that you were able to connect to that political side? Yeah. And where does it come from? So that I could just put it into context. So now knowing what you do know, and this is now the political question. Okay. You've done the reading. You did the research. Would you still vote an ANC? And what would the reasons be that you would be voting the
1: ANC? I would, yes. Mm-hmm. Reason being is I still feel the same. Mm. um, And... The the Women's League actually contacted me recently mm. and they said that we really need more people like you because on black, on black and white, we are multiracial. Yes. But when it comes to being public, yes. we are not. Yes. And it's a party that still needs a lot of growth, obviously. Mm. um, Like I said before, corruption did not start when the ANC took over. So yes. um, it's been, it's just been more public. Yes. And obviously because of social media as well. Yeah. And um, definitely I would stick still by my vote.
0: And will you be joining the ANC Women's League? You never know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> No, because, you know, other parties are watching. They're like, maybe we wanted to join <laughs> our <laughs> party, you know? Okay, okay. Look, I really appreciate you sharing your story. Uh, what are the final words that you have? And you can speak to this camera. Just to the South Africans, to the viewers, what are the final thoughts you want to share with them?
1: So I feel like... South African people as a whole, just need to break boundaries, step out of their comfort zone and just embrace each other as humans and not as race.
0: I I can't add anything else to that, but thank you so much, Anita, for chatting to us. And I just appreciate your open honesty, uh, being able to have this type of conversation and also being able to be so comfortable in who you are and where you stand and you know i just hope for you and your family that this is like the start of brand new beautiful things
1: especially for your daughter thank you so much that is it
0: you've heard it right here from anita what are your thoughts do you share with us thank you so much for joining us next time on unpacked
1: i got raped that's why i'm hiv positive
0: do you believe that a person who has been a victim of rape should have to disclose to their partner.
1: Men have to step up at calling other men out. The only thing she saw was a husband, a potential father and a provider. There was no space for vulnerability, there was no space for an open, intimate conversation. You can be who you are, nothing can limit you.
0: That's unpacked with Rilebuchile Maboja. New episodes weekdays at 5 30 pm on my YouTube page. Don't forget to subscribe. Television edited broadcast weekdays at 5 pm. Open up with S3.